Okay, so let's learn. So first of all, a big shkayach to an anonymous sponsor who's uh, donating the learning, the davening, in the schos for Rafu Shlema for Avram ben Chayisara. Should have a Rafu Shlema of Sarkshar Chal Yisrael. And uh, whoever the sponsor is, should be zaychah to all sorts of Sheva Brach and Atzlach on all levels. Okay, so, you know, I'll tell you the truth. You know, the uh, you want to know if you're a real, like, Shavim Yid is if you're going to learn Shavim after Shavim is over, right? So... So <laughs> I'm thinking a couple more weeks, maybe we'll talk about this again, and then, and then uh, you know, unless we take a turn at some point, I don't know. Uh, then we'll go back to Sefer Yeshua, maybe learn a little about the Yom Tavim coming up, we'll see, I don't know. But at least for another couple of weeks, we'll talk about this. And you know, the truth is, you should know, um, this probably shouldn't come as a, as a major surprise to hear this from me, but even though Shavim is over, Lamaisa, this Indian of, of Erev Ra that we've been talking about is very negative to Purim, it's very negative to Pesach, it's... Uh, you know, it'll it'll continue on. So let's uh, let's get back into it a little bit. I'm sure one minute just to sort of get back into the sugi. We had a break last week. Uh, your fault, uh, my fault, not your fault. So uh, we'll get back into it. What we what we've what we've gone what we've come to at this point is that the sugi of Shmir Sebris and Shmir Sinayim is much larger than just that particular aspect of Shmir Sebris Sinayim. It's it's as as we've established. It's part of a much bigger avoda, which is grappling and struggling with what's called the gullus of the erevra. That's really what we've been discussing. And we were able to pinpoint over weeks what exactly the nakuda of this gullus is. And again, we've been talking about in more particular that, it's, that it, it, it maybe comes to a head in terms of Shmir Sabris, but it's really the final gullus that we're in is the gullus of the erevra. And we've been able to establish and to pinpoint that the essential nakuda of this gullus is the gull is... is, is is an opposition, is a klipa, is a tum, is a, is a an opposition to truly being alive. That's really, that's really the nakuda. We're all obviously physically alive, but in, but in really in embracing life and, and serving Hashem with, what, with, with chiyas and truly being alive, that is the klipa of the Erevav. And so Shmir Sabris, which in its most, you know, uh, obvious form is is what, what could be life is being, is being abused and is not being used as life, so it's part of that Indian. But ultimately, it's really about this Nakuda of, am I going to live, or am I going to live with not really being alive? That's the Nakuda. Now, and in particular, we identified even further that within the Midas that the Rabbana Shalom created the human being with, there are certain essential Midas, certain characteristic traits that are the, the uh, uh, telltale signs and the markers for, for the simon of truly being alive. Because a person can go through, even if I this Hashem, a person can do mitzvahs, a person can do a lot of things, and not necessarily are those the markers or the simonim of, oh, are you really alive? But there are certain midas which touch and really you know, come in contact with that part of us that is that is under attack by the air of Rav, that's called truly being alive. And to identify what those midas are, that's what, that's what we began last time. And we're going to continue on with this for the next couple of weeks, just to identify what are those particular midas. And then the avoid of Shmir Sabris and Shmir Sinayim, and the avoid of, of grappling and struggling with the final goals of the air of Rav, is really focused on these midas. And once a person in our generation gets a, a good hold, so to speak, on their level of these particular midas, everything else falls into place. Everything else falls into place. But if a person does not 
you know, really work on these particular midos, which are essential, and the simonim, and I, like I said, the markers mm-hmm. of truly being alive, which is, which is really the attack of this galas, then everything else falls apart, and then you're struggling with, with every single nakuda. If, you could, if, you're, if a person's in a particular galas, if you could identify, you know, what, what particular aspect of your Yiddishkeit is truly under attack in that galas, then if you, could, if, you could hand, if you could deal with that, then everything else falls into place. But if you ignore that essential nakuda, and you just focus on the peripheral, on the, you know, uh, the uh, repercussions, and every, you know, the, 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 then it's impossible. Then you're juggling a million balls. But if you can identify what that golas is, it's no different than in Mitzrayim, or in Bavel, or in Paras, and, and the golas Esav, and golas Yishmol. There, there are certain nakudas that are under attack, and once, those, once that like, Jenga piece is, is taken off, so yeah, the whole thing falls apart. But if you want to, to you know, but, but, the, but the real avoid is to focus on, on that particular piece that's being pulled out and make sure it's not pulled out, then everything stays, stays in place. So that's the main avoid. So again, that was the idea that we're going through right now is to identify what the midas are. Now, just one last moment of introduction. What I mentioned last time, two weeks ago, is that even before we begin to identify what the midas are, that are the markers and the ikra avoidus of of having a Yiddishkeit that's defined as being alive, um, there is one overarching and just general mindset that a person has to be in to allow these midas to be worked on, and that is patience. That's what we talked about, the patience, because life, life and being alive is something that needs time. It needs time to breathe. It needs time to develop. It needs time. And so when there's a lack of patience, and there's like quick, 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 quick fixes and things like that, those are, you know, quick fixes are very good for the extremes and uh, individual balls. But when you're trying to, to really grapple with those, those, those midas that are essentially connected with being alive, that requires messiness, it requires patience. That's what we, that was just the general Indian that we, that we spoke about last week. And again, that's why, by the way, um, you know, let's say, for example, when it came to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, right? So the last, the last little bit of Gauls Mitzrayim, and as we spoke about for weeks already, that according to Arizal and the Zar Kaddish and all the the entire end of Gauls Mitzrayim was really revolving on the Erevav. It was all revolving on the Erevav. So the final, final stage of Gauls is that what? Is that Pare takes away the straw from the Jewish people, but doesn't decrease the amount of bricks that we have to produce. And everyone's in a hurry. There's no time to think. There's no, pay. no one has time for pay. There's no... Yeah, we're too busy, we're too busy. Why is that the final stage of, like, the, the, the last, uh, you know, the last, um, you know, weapon in, in Paris arsenal to hold back Gula is making Jewish people impatient? So you see, that's the Nakuda, because patience is the, just the general atmosphere that you have to be in to allow life to cultivate. You know, the baby has to develop nine months, you know, it, things take time. Has to, in order for, you know, the, that we, we spoke about this, that, that one of the qualities of life, of the essential quality of life, is that it brings things together, right? Without the neshama, when a, when a, God forbid, if a person's not alive, then the body falls apart, right? Life, one of the great, uh, you know, um, uh, telltale signs of something being alive is that it's not falling apart. Things are being, being pulled in. So for, those, for extremes to be pulled in together, it takes time for, for it to mesh, for it to melt. So patience is, a, is a, more than just a good virtue. Patience is essential. In all of the session, patience is essential. But especially, especially in this goal, so the Erev when it comes to uh, all, all these, you know, that we're going to be talking about, patience is, is very, very important. Especially, by the way, when it comes to Panini Satira, as I mentioned, that, that's, which, is, which, is, which is the Neshama, the life of Tyra, 
takes a lot of patience, a lot of patience. Anyway, that's what we'll go to the side. And what you have in front of you, the, the top part of the page is a chart, which we had uh, from a couple of weeks ago. These are the ten basic midos that the Rabbani Shalom created every human being with. Everyone is created with chesed, everyone's created with kavura, with teferis, all these midos. Now everyone has different measurements of each one. Some people will be more tilted to, this, to, the, to those midos that are on the left side. Those midas, some people are tilted to the midas on the right side. V'chulu v'chulu, and each one has its own particular quality. And we're not, our, our point over here is not to go through each particular one, but, but just to identify, to explain. The midas that we're all made of, which are, the, which are these midas that this chart is displaying over here, the midas that are essentially about life, being alive, uh, the expression of life, the, 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 the markers of life, are the ones that are in the middle, the middle column, the middle column. So the middle column, that's the Jenga piece that Golas of Erevrav is trying to pull out. Okay? And that's what we're going to go through the next couple of weeks. These meet us in the middle, and we're going to see how it's mamish, they're mamish, all of them are under attack. And, and, and when, when any one of these particular meetus of the middle are damaged, then every meet of the middle is damaged, and it, and it results in, in a breakdown of everything else. Because right? once the centerpiece is taken off, when the middle column is, 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 is uprooted, then everything falls apart. And very often when a person's Yiddishkeit is falling apart, they're focused on the Midas on the left and the Midas on the right, right? When in truth, what's really the, the essential problem is that the middle column has been uprooted. And when you put the middle column back into place, then the left and the right sides sort of take care of themselves. And so there's, the, there's two approaches, you know? So you, the, 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 the long-term, healthier, more stable approach is to fix the middle, the middle column. So let's, let's go through this. Our, in, a, in, a, in a general sense... And we're going to go through each one. But in a general sense, the way it breaks down is as follows. The, the, the midas that are on the right and the midas that are on the left, okay? So let's say the ones on the right are Chachma, Chesed, and Netzach. And the midas on the left are Bina, Gvur, and Ho. There's not like, we're not talking about Kabbalah over here. This is just uh, psychology over here, just human experience. These midas are mostly about like what you do, what you think, how you react. It, it's very, they're very, they're almost tangible. They're almost tangible. The, the, so those are mostly about the extremes, left and the right, again, without going to each one and whatever, but they're about how you function, what are you doing. So you can do chesed, right? You can do gavura, you know, uh, you, could, you could think chachma type of thoughts, you could think bina type of thoughts, but those are somewhat external. The ones in the middle are not about what you're doing, but they're about who are you as you're doing it? So there's, because there, there's always two separate things. There's what a person does, but then there's like, who are you? Because a person could go through the motions, right? I mean, if a guy comes collecting for tzedakah, you could physically do chesed, right? You could physically force your hand in your pocket, take out a dollar, and give it to him. You can do such a thing. But we're, but, but, but that, that's, that's, so what you just did at that moment was an act that was connected to the meat of chesed. But that's not necessarily who you were. That's not who you are. Were you alive? Were you engaged at that moment? Laudavka. And the same thing is the opposite. If you have a di- discipline, a kid or a, you know, a student or whatever the case may be, so you have to yell at the kid or you have to take uh, the toy away or whatever. You have to punish the person. But you don't really want to. You don't really want to. So that's also an experience of gavura. 
So you're doing gvura, but you're not really you're not really gvuradik at the moment. You're just going you're going through the motions of gvura, and that ha- and then you have to. So sometimes you have to go through the motions of chesed, and sometimes you have to go through the motions of gvura. But those are but again those are midas that are about fundamentally about what you're doing and how you're reacting and what you know things like that. But the mi- the middle midas are going to be more essentially about who you are, who you are within yourself, unrelated to anyone else, just within yourself. Okay, so let's go through each one. The first mead is keser, okay? Now this we, I mentioned already from, from last week, so what we're going to talk about today are the first two midas of the middle, which is keser and das. Now just a little bit of a, of a, of a background, I know everything's been background so far, you know, I get it, but you know, if you count all the midos, then in this little chart over here, there's 11, right? Now usually we think of there being 10 midos, okay? Now the way it, it works out is that the way, the, the way this Ramach Dashim explained that Rizal is that when you count the Midas of a person, Keser and Das are usually not counted together. Either you're counting Keser or you're counting Das, which already tells us that Keser and Das are obviously going to be related to each other. Okay, so, so what, what is it? Keser means, in our context, Keser means what you want. You're Rutzen. Keser means Rutzen. That's why Keser means crown, which, always associated, which is always associated with a king, right? And a king does what he wants. That's what a king means, right? There's no one on top of the king. The king, you know, he's in charge. He's in charge. The king is in charge. And keser, therefore, means rotsen, your will, your desire, what do you want? Which means that one of the most important puzzle pieces of the middle is to really clarify what you want and to do things because you want to do it. Because you want to do it. And this is one of the most important qualities and simonim of being alive. Because, you know, in Chabad Hasidus we're taught that will, will to, will, to want something, is itself an expression of life. It's an expression of life. When I, if I could sort of like, you know, imagine, if, if I could focus my life on a particular thing, it means I want it. See, we, we tend to think of, of, des- of will and desire as something that we react to. You know, this is something I want because I just want it and I go with it. But keser means to, to, bring, to bring willpower out of yourself. Again, all the midas of the middle are things that you are in control of. These are not reactive experiences. This is you. Again, the guy that comes to Fritzdaka and you force your hand in your pocket, it's kind of reactive. I mean, I'm doing this act because this guy's here and he needs money. I'm pulling the toy away from the kid not because I want to, because that's the situation. The situation demands of it. The midas of the middle are going to be within yourself. And keser means that there's a, the, there's a capability within the person to decide within yourself what you want. Now that's a chiddish. And appreciate that that's a chiddish, because for the most part we think that what we want mm-hmm. has been decided for us. I came into the world liking chocolate. I came into the world liking vanilla. It's not up to me. But, the, but if a person goes through life like that, that they're, there's, they're never choosing what they want. They're not bringing out rotsen. They're not bringing out their willpower. They're not deciding for themselves what they truly want in life. Then the keser of their, of their world is damaged. Because then, and, then, and, and if keser is damaged, then everything in life is then going to be reactive. Keser means that you're the king of your own, dom- you're the king of your own, of your own castle, which means that you have the ability, within reason, obviously none of us are in control of everything, but within, within reason, we have the ability to awaken within ourselves a will, a rotsen, a desire. 
And that ultimately is the greatest sign of life. It's the beginning of where life comes from. The biggest symbol of life is rotsin, is to want. And when you do something that you truly want to do, that you truly want to do, then when you do it, or when you think it, you are deeply connected to that experience. And that's what das is. Keser means to want something. And das means that now that I'm doing it, I am deeply connected to that experience. Because again, so for example, a person can be thinking about a, a certain topic. You could, you could, you could um, it could be something holy. You could be learning a Gemara, right? And your mind is engaged. But we all have had this experience that you go through something. It could be, again, like I said, something holy like a piece of Gemara. And 15 minutes later, you forgot about it, right? It's out of your head. Why? Well, sometimes it's because it's very complicated. And, and complicated ideas are hard to hold on to. It's not your fault. But sometimes it's not because it's so complicated. It's because even when you were learning it, there wasn't with, it wasn't with his kashras. It wasn't with a connection to that material. And when there's a lack of connection to the material, then it's similar to just forcing your hand in your pocket and giving money to the person or forcing your hand to take away the toy. It, you're not really there. So you could, do, you could not be really there even when you're thinking about something. The, the difference between you know, learning a topic that you remember and learning a topic that you don't remember is whether your das was engaged. Was I makusher? Was I truly invested in the material? Was there das? And the determining factor of whether there was das goes back to Kesser. Why am I, do, do I really want to do this? Am I, am I, and, and if a person doesn't really want to do it, then of course they're not going to be truly engaged in the experience, and the experience therefore is going to be fleeting. But if a person is able to conjure up within themselves a real desire to experience something, to do something, then when they do it, it's going to be with das. So that's what it means, that keser and das are related to each other. And you don't have to count one, you don't have to count both. When you have one, automatically you have the other. If whatever I'm doing, if I'm doing it beratzen, if I'm doing it with, with bechira, with my choice, bechira is also connected with keser, right? Keser is a, is, is, the, is a king, and a king does something out of his choice. That's what bechira is. So bechira is an unbelievable gift, because when a person is able to be beicher, when we're able to do something, and it's because I have chosen to do it, then that means that what I'm going to do, I am, I, am, I am actually experiencing it. It's not just happening around me. I am experiencing it. Now this, when this takes place, when a person is doing something, and again, it, it takes time for a person to become maybe excited. You know, uh, uh, you know there could be something that you know you have to do and you're choosing to do, but you're not necessarily excited to do it. But... And, and, th and this is a big avayd, and we could spend a long time on this. I don't think we're going to, but th 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 this Indian of developing a, 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 a sense of ratzen, of really developing a sense of ratzen, which takes thought and it takes contemplation. It takes time to, and like I said, patience, to develop this idea. Why do I want it? What are the repercussions of me cho choosing this way, of me not choosing this way? Of really developing this ability within yourself to to motivate your will, your will and to bring out your, your, your rutsen for something, then you're connected to that particular Indian. And then those experiences are, are real. They're meaningful. And they're touching a, a part of you that brings out life. That's what it means to be alive. This is, this, the difference between a person uh, engaged in a certain activity, uh, an activity can be a dead activity or a live activity. 
And the difference is this Nakuda, whether am I truly, is my Rotson engaged in this activity? Is my Das engaged in this activity? Now, by the way, what we're going to see now is an amazing thing, which is that when a person is involved in an activity that has been, that is, that is being done with Keser and Das, then automatically the experience you have in that, the feeling you have in that experience is defined as Simcha. Okay, and this is where we're going to see, it's very much connected to the time that we're in, getting close to Purim. What is the definition of Simcha? It, simcha is one of those, I spoke about this, I think, uh, you know, I think on Sukkot, one of the shirim I gave on Sukkot, we talked about this, but now we'll talk about it a little bit more, I guess, inside. What is the definition of Simcha? When we're coming to, we're not already, Mishnech, Simcha, Purim, and so on. What is Simcha? Simcha just means to smile, means to dance. Like, what, what does Simcha mean? Like, the, the question that I've, I, I've raised before is that Chazal, Mepharsh already asked this question, Chazal say that a person cannot be a Navi, can't experience Nevuah, unless you're Besimcha. So Mepharshim asks, so how in the world is Yirmiyoha Navi, you know, having Nevuah about the Churm Beis HaMegdash? How is he writing Megillus Eicha, Besimcha? Right? If Simcha means to be smiling and jumping and dancing, then how in the world are you doing that? Uh, talking about Chorim Beis Amigash. The answer is, the definition, that's what we're going to see right now, is that the definition of Simcha is what it feels like to do something with your Keser and Das. That's what Simcha feels like. Therefore, Simcha is always associated with being alive. Being alive. When Adam Rishon sinned and he brought death to the world, so it says in Pasuk, Obviously, the two punishments that Adam has is what? Is that now you're going to be mortal. And the other punishment is, that you're going to have to work to make a living, and you're going to eat all the profits of your life with sadness. Sadness and death are connected to each other. Simcha and life are connected to each other. Right? By Purim, what's the whole, whole Yantav of Purim about? Haman is threatening the Jewish people with death. Our response to Haman, our victory over Haman, which means the victory of life over death, means Simcha. Why is that? Because Simcha is the feeling that you have when you are activated. When you are activated, when you are doing something because you, because you have conjured up within yourself a desire to do it. And because of that, when you're doing it, you're all in. You're experiencing it. That's, that's what we call Simcha. That could be an experience of something that you want to smile about, or that could be an experience of something that you want to cry about. But either way, if you are invested, if you are activated, if Kesser and Das is engaged, then that's called Simcha. You know, there's a famous joke, right? It's a little bit, not so nice, but there's a joke that they say, why is it that in Megil uh, Sester, they're psukim with the trap of Eicha, right? So the joke is because the misna- you want Misnagdim to have Simchas Purim too, right? That's the joke, fine. That's, uh, that's anti-Semitic, so that's not, not so nice. But the, the real, the, the, but, so what's Sakib Shad? What's Sakib Shad? Because you have to th- appreciate the question, right? Because we're assuming that when you're listening to Gil Sester, you're really listening, and you're really, you know, with Kesser and Das, and you're really activated. And so then all of a sudden, it's Givaldic, it's very nice, it's the Purim Nigin, so it's, uh, you know, Simcha Dik, and then all of a sudden, Kalim, Kalim, Shainim, right? And then you throw in the Tishabov. So if you're just like listening on the outside, okay, it's an off community. But if you're really, really living Megillus Esther, then your mom is being thrown into Tishabov at that moment. So it's Taka, good Kasha. And it doesn't deserve a Kasha like that. It doesn't deserve like a 
silly answer like that. It's a real kash. The answer is it's not a steer to Simchas Purim. You know, in, in, by the Mekubalim, there's an idea that the word da, that the, the midah of das is itself divided in half. There's there's what's called the chasadim of das, and that's what's called the gevuris of das. Without getting into complicated inyanim. But what does that mean? It means that das itself, which means that you're activated, that you're alive, and you're besimcha. Well, that, that that can mean in two ways. It could be yeah, experiences that are smiley experiences, and then there's tishuvah experiences. And the, 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 the amazing yontif of Purim is that the life of the Jewish people encompasses both. And more than that, there's no tr- to truly be alive and engaged in any particular moment, you have to have the part of your heart that's smiling and the part of your heart which is, which is crying. That, maybe we'll talk about this in Kamus, but that's the deepest level of Simcha is when you're able to, to realize, to, to experience both, to be able to, yes, engage in, in experiences in life, that, that, that bring out, uh, you know, uh, conflicting emotions. And that's good, because that, that's the sum total of who you are. Like I said, those meters in the middle are bringing the extremes together. So they're, they're, they're going to be complicated. They're going to be complex. So a person is conjuring up their kesed, their desire. Yeah, it's like, it, it takes a vayda. It takes a vayda. And then when you're involved in that, in that experience, the, the, then there's a part of you that's happy, and there's a part of you that wants more, and it's unsatisfied. And all of that... All, all these in your number are being conjured up, and that's good. That's what it means to be alive. To be alive means to be happy and satisfied and unsatisfied at the same time. That's what it means to be a human being. But when, when that part of who we are, the middle column, is, is being ignored, then you're just shut off. That's called sadness. That's called atzvah. Let, let's see inside. You'll see what I mean. Take a look at Maramukim number one. Okay, This is from the Maharal. And the Sefer Gvur Sasham. He's talking about, in Parak Vav, he's talking about the, the fact that we have uh, the mitzvah of Simchas Yantav. We have mitzvah to be happy, right? Simcha on, on all the Yom Tavim, on the Shalash Regalim, especially Sukkot. So he says like this Why, why is that? What is it about Yantif that, that results in Simcha? <laughs> These three holidays that we have, they're Simcha, right? They're called times of joy. Why? Kikol Havaya Goyrim Simcha. Because existence results in joy. Existing, being alive, results in joy. The kol hefsid garim tsar. And death, non-existing, creates what we call tsar or sadness. That's the definition of simcha. Simcha is the emotional result of being, of existing. Kedersiv, as it says in Pasuk, yismach Hashem b'ma'asav. That Hashem rejoices with existence. With existence, and the opposite, when Hashem want, decided to destroy humanity with the marble, so Hashem is described as being depressed. Because what does that mean? Does it's a bad mood. The actions of it? No, it means life. It means the, the, the re- existence that Hashem brought into the world with His actions. So that's what it means. When things are existing, that's simcha. When things are 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 turning the corner to non-existence, like by the marble, then that's sadness. That's why there's joy during, during Yom Tovim. Why? Because each Yantif, in its own way, expresses the, the world existing. The world existing. So he says, Every single Yantif is the beginning of a particularly new season, a new, a new, a, a new chapter in the calendar of, 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 of existence, of life. For example, the Pesach, who Pesach is the existence of the, uh, 
of the Oviv, of the spring season. Uba Shavuos, Huakatsir. And Shavuos is the, uh, is the harvest season. Uh, the, yeah, the harvest. Uba Chaga Asif. And by Sukkis, Huasifa. That's the time, not the, yeah, the, to get the gathering time when you bring the Tua into the house. Ugamkin Tikin Atua. And that's when, when the produce is now existing, so to speak. Maybe Isilabayas. Shalyah Yehesiba. And, and Adraba and by Sukkis is even more simple because not only is it just another stage in the seasons, but now the tfu is brought into your home and it's complete. They didn't, it didn't, it didn't uh, rot. It wasn't, uh, you know, it, it exists. Because again, any time which is connected with existing and expressing and bringing out the fact that you exist, that's called a time for simcha. In, in the language of the the second Lubavitcher Rebbe in, in, in the second Maramukim in Parshas B'Shalach. So now he's saying in a more, that was, that was the Maraldic language, right? That was the Maraldic language that existence is connected to Simcha, non-existence is, is Tsar. The language of, of Chesidus, so he says the following, the, the second Lubavitcher Rebbe, Ha-Simcha geremes b'chines hispashtus v'gilui ha'or v'achies mehanefesh b'kolivarm. Simcha, Simcha is the phenomenon of the life force of your neshama expanding to every limb of your body. When, thing, when, when life that's just in potential in your neshama is able to come out in the open and actually bring life to your life, that's what we call simcha. And sadness, atzvos, depression, is the experience of the life force that should be you know, bringing everything in your life together and should be activating every cell of your body is now being constricted and being pulled back and, and sort of uh, being reserved and going back into its little shell. That's what we call sadness. And we know this, we know this, that simcha is this inyan of what? Of, 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 uh, of life moving from the heart, you know, expanding itself and bringing, and bringing the whole life into, the whole body into life. The Gemara says a, a famous story that uh, Rabbi Yechman Zakeh got good, good news about something and all of a sudden he couldn't put his shoe back on or the, the other, he couldn't put his shoe back on because Simcha just made his body expand, right? Simcha has this way of expansiveness and so on and so forth. That's the idea. Which, by the way, once we've identified that when Kesser and Das are activated, when I'm able to arouse within myself a rotzen to do something, and I do it with hiskashras because I want to do it, and the result therefore is simcha. So we know that there's a principle that you can go backwards, which means that what's a good eitzah to bring out keser and to bring out das is to conjure up simcha, right? Because very often things go both ways. So the normal approach is first have a good kesser, first have a good rotzen, bring out within yourself a deep desire, choice, choose to do this particular act, then when you do it, you're going to do it with all of your kaiches, and memelo, you'll be besimcha. But there is such an idea, that's called, that's called in the svarm an aryasher, a light that goes from above to below, where it goes in the normal process, kesser, to das, and then you're besimcha. But there is such a phenomenon, that's called an archaiser, a returning light, a light that goes backwards, which means that you can fake it, be besimcha, do the experiences that we usually associate with being besimcha, and then all of a sudden, things go backwards. Your das and kesser are activated. 
this could be even the most simple, simplest of, of things. Uh, once, the once the second Bhav Shravi identifies, once we see that Simcha is related to the experience of life, you know, going from the Neshama and sort of bringing the body, you know, active, you know, the, the, life, the life force of your Neshama expanding itself to every single uh, limb of your body, that's what Simcha feels like, then that's why when a person exercises, for example, all of a sudden you feel better. You feel better. And all of a sudden, the, after you exercise and you're a little bit healthier, then the, then, then, then the Gemara that you learn, you remember more. And all of a sudden, you're just in a better mood. And all of a sudden, Shmir Sabris and Shmir Sinaim is not the biggest avoidance uh, in the world. So you can explain that. It's like, a, okay, fine. I don't know what. Uh, I exercise, so I just feel better about myself. But on a deeper level, that's what's going on, is that you're, you're mimicking. You're mimicking this process. Because what usually should start with keser, das, and then all the limbs of my body are now full of, of vitality and life. And that feel, that's, that's what Simcha is. So you're just going the opposite. You're going the opposite. You're forcing your limbs to be full of vitality and life through, uh, you know, through jogging. And the mela, which, which is the result usually of keser and das being activated, but now you're just going backwards. Now you're just going backwards. That's really the Simcha of Purim as well. All this is connected to Purim. Think about it for a second. In Purim, there's a lot to talk about. In Purim, there's an interesting phenomenon. It's one of those things that it goes a little bit unnoticed in the Megillah, but if you, once you pick up on it, it's mamish there. Paras, Persia, was an interesting country. When we think of kings of old, we think of them as having absolute power. Absolute power. A king can do mamish whatever he wants. And you sort of feel that in Ahasuerus. Everyone's terrified of him. He can do whatever he wants. But you do see this in the Megillah, is that there were rules. There were rules. And even the king cannot truly do everything he wants. So, for example, when he, when he wants to kill Vashti, right? So kill Vashti. You're Ahasuerus. Do whatever you want. Kill Vashti. But no. He has to speak to, he has to go to the Supreme Court. He has to go to the people that are in charge because as the Megillah says, that's the dos, that's the rules, and that's the regulations that for the king to replace the queen, he has to get permission. And even later on, when the, when the, when the decree of Haman is rescinded, so what, is, what does Ahasuerus say? I can't, I can't just, you know, well, once, the, once the ring, once the seal is made and it goes out with the official uh, letterheads of, of, the, of the king, you can't take it back. Well, you can't take it back. You're the king, do whatever you want. No, because in Persia, the king was a king, he had a lot of power, but he didn't have all the power. You see already, you see what's going on over there, that Paras was a, was a kingdom that was set up where there's a Pagam in Keser. You follow this? There's a Pagam in Keser. Because Keser means Ratzin. Keser means Ratzin. And the whole Indian of Golis, of, of Golis Purim, the whole Indian of Gezeris Haman, which is to, to kill the Jewish people death, means it starts with what? With a Pagam in Keser. And so if, that's what Haman says to the Jewish people, that, that, about the Jewish people, that they're keeping mitzvahs, but Yishenim, they're asleep. They're asleep when they do mitzvahs. Sleep is what? Is the 60th of death, which means that they're keeping Shabbos. But they're not keeping Shabbos because they want to keep Shabbos. They're keeping Shabbos because they have to keep Shabbos. It, what, was, what, 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 what happened in, the, in Purim, which resulted in the Gezeris of Haman, is what? Is that the Kesser of the Jewish people has been, was damaged. And that reflected itself in many ways. It reflected itself in the Jewish people not doing mitzvahs with Ratzin. It reflected itself even in the, even in, you know, everything is created from Torah. So it, it reflected itself even in the, in the, in the societal, in the societal uh, governing uh, you know, uh, laws and regulations of Paras, that the king can't do whatever he wants. And that's why, that's why Haman, 
It's an amazing thing. That's why Haman has to tell Achashverosh. Remember that in the first story, he has this whole spiel, right? He has this whole thing, Memuchan. He says, you know, you can't. You, it what happens. He wants Achashverosh wants to kill Vashti, right? So he goes to the to the courts because that's the rules. That's the dos. That's the rules. You have to go. You can't just like kill the queen. You have to get permission. And the and the and the government uh, says, you asked her to come out in such a mavozadik way, and now you want to kill her for that. No, the answer is no, you can't kill, that's, that's not you, you can't kill the queen because of that. But then Memuchan Haman comes with the whole Shlokotar. What's the Shlokotar? No, no, no. This is not a private Indian that she happened to disgrace him, which doesn't fit under the regulations of being able to kill the queen. This was something that's of national security. Because now if Vashti, if the word gets out that she disrespected the king, then every family is going to be in such a way that the wife is going to rebel against her husband, and the whole, the whole society is going to fall apart. This is much bigger than just a Sinian. And Mamela, it's now, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's a time of war. It's a, you know, the, the king should be able to, to do what he wants. You see what's going on over there? It's all within rules. The, the king can't do whatever he wants. But all this is a result of the Pagan of Kesser. When there's Kesser, is Nifgan. So, of course, now that the Yidin are not doing mitzvahs because they want to, because they feel they have to. And Mamela, when they do mitzvahs, they're doing it sleepfully. And Mamela, uh, Ir Shushan is depressed. Everyone's depressed. Everyone's Sebrachin. And Mamela, it's only a matter of time. Tolham decides. Lahashm Larabit. Because we did that to ourselves. We killed ourselves by not being besimcha in mitzvahs in Yiddishkeit. So, what is the antidote? What's the Hatzal of Purim? The Hatzal of Purim, the Hatzal of Mordechai is be besimcha. Ah, you don't feel it? Pretend. Pretend. Be a nar. Be childish. Right? That's, like Rabbi Nachman says, sometimes when a person is ba'atzvah, then do something silly. Do something silly. Go exercise. Do, do, do say a, you know, hear a silly joke. I don't know. Do something to force your life force to expand into your limbs, which should be the result of a healthy kesser and a healthy das, but just do it backwards. This is why even the Megillah, the Megillah is kind of backwards. It's kind of backwards. How does the Megillah start? I would, I would start the Megillah with, there was a king, Ahasuerus, who ruled 120 provinces from Haidu to Kush. And during his time, he made a big party. That's normal. Step one, step two. That's not how the Megillah reads. The Megillah reads, Vahiv me Ahasuerus. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you. Who is Ahasuerus? Who Ahasuerus? Let's go back. In his time, he made a party. The whole site of Purim is going backwards. The whole set of Purim is Archaiser. That you can that when things aren't working from top down, so go bottom up. So go bottom up, so go backwards. So usually the parent is in charge of the child. On Purim, the child is in charge of the parent. And everything's been hapechu. And like I mentioned, that's, I don't remember at some point that you know the old minig, there was a minig such a thing that on Purim there's the Purim Rav, and there's the Purim Dayan and the Purim Rebbe, and the biggest Amaritz in the shul becomes the Rav, right? So everything's been hapechu. The site of an Ahapich of Purim is that there is an Inyan going backwards. And if sometimes if the Kesser can't be awakened and you can't get Das going, and Mamela, you don't, the, the, the energy is not encompassing your whole life, then go backwards. Then do some activities on a physical level which force your energies to expand in your whole life. Mamela, you'll be able to then make decisions with more Rats and more Chayzek. Yeah, that, that, that's sometimes how you work. It's okay to go backwards sometimes. That's the idea. Okay, let's let's uh, let's just finish off real quick over here. So that's the two the two main the two meters of your Kesser and das. That's what we're talking about. If you take a look at Maramagan number three, well, the rest of this is really just going to be 
you know, we, we already spoke about this, but let's just see what together. The Tanya says like this, now that we have this proper definition of simcha, and it's, it's in its place in the world, that's why if you keep your eyes open when you learn the Surah Hashem, you'll find this especially in the Maran, that Das, whenever you find Das, Das, Das is always associated with Simcha. Das and Simcha go together. That's why what's, what's interesting is, is that Purim is, the Simcha of Purim is Adaloyad, right? Adaloyad. Because, because it's, not, it's not the normal, the normal approach. The normal approach is Kasser, Das, Memeila, Simcha. But over here, what's happening is some, some backwards experience. Simcha, and Memeila, there's Das and there's Kasser. That's why it's okay, like, you know, when it comes to Purim, uh, people have, have uh, word is, com- complaint is not the right word, but people have, like, uh, expressed you know, to me that like learning about Purim, Purim is such a good to get time for davening and so on. And then on Purim, it's like just balagan, it's just balagan. They don't have the headspace to do anything. The shachman is, and it's just it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, that's what Purim is. Purim is backwards. Purim is backwards. Purim is not head down to action. It's action up to head. That's what Purim is. That's the whole meaning of Purim is, is to go backwards. Uh, Purim doesn't make sense. That's what it's supposed to be. That's the that's the that's the chiddush of Purim. That when things aren't working in the normal approach, top down, okay, then go bottom up, and then the Eitzar Haman is not going to be able to react to that because the Eitzar is not going to stop you from exercise. The Eitzar is going to stop you from sitting down and really being misbinding and really contemplating about how chashu it is to learn Gemara. That's what the Eitzar is going to stop you. But the Yitzhah is not going to stop you from exercise. That's why he's brought down the Svarim, that there's a Maisa, they say, from one of the big tzaddik, I can't remember who, one of the Tamid of Hashem, that he used to wake up, like, very early in the morning. Very early. And so his Tamid, him asked, Rebbe, how do you, like, you know, take, how do you do it? So he said, very simple, he said, when I, when I, when I wake up, you know, I set the alarm, whatever it is, when I wake up, so my Yitzhah says, Yanko, go back to sleep. It's so, it's still dark outside. So he says, Yitzhah says, I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to learn. I'm going to work. I'm just, I want to get a head start on, on Parnassah or I want to go jogging. That's, I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm learning. I'm not going to learn. And the Yitzhar is like, okay, fine. You want to go work? I'm not going to stop you for that. Once I'm up, then I go learn. That's what he said. Right? So it sounds like a little bit of a silly, a silly zach, but it's, it's true. You have to trick the Yitzhar. You have to go backwards, right? Because there are certain areas that he's not, he's not paying attention to. He's not thinking that exercising is going to bring you to a black gemara. That's not the cheshman that he makes. But it can. Right? I'm totally exercising just really for myself. Or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is, whatever the thing is, each person finds their backwards Indian, you know, whatever, whatever conjures up simcha, and obviously in holy it has to be kosher, obviously. But things that cause simcha, it'll eventually lead you to the Bakken bar. So you go backwards. <clears throat> so, um, okay, let, let, let's skip a little bit. Let's go, let's go to, let's go to Maramaka number six, okay? Um, Maramaka number six, the morale, this is also the morale, in Teferis Yisrael, in Sefer Teferis Yisrael, Perak He's talking about, it's actually Mispak's Parsha, and it's related to everything we're talking about, is that when Hashem gave us the Luchas, right, the Luchas were given in such a way where their Ksuvim, Mizem Zehem Ksuvim, that they're, 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 they're etched, the Sersevs were etched all the way through, right? It wasn't just uh, on the surface, it was etched all the way through. And by the way, that phenomenon of the Luchas being etched all the way through is also related to Purim. Right? Because the Pasuk says that when, Mordechai, when Esther Amalka heard about Haman's decree, she sends a message to Mordechai asking him, Almazev, Almazev, like why, why is there this decree of, of, of Haman? And the response was, because the Jewish people have forsaken the Torah, which was written, Mizeh u Mizeh, which were written on the Luchas through and through. So, okay, that's the Gemara. So that's what's hinted to. Then Esther Amalka says, to, to Mordechai, she's sending a message to Mordechai that about Haman, 
Almazev Yalmazev, that it's because the Jewish people have forsaken the Torah, which is engraved in Luchas through and through. Okay, there's a lot of ways to hint to the fact that we are not keeping Torah. What's this Indian, the Luchas being through and through? So the morale says like this, Shayaksav me'ever le'ever, right? The Luchas were written through and through, they were etched through and through. Because this is the difference between a Yiddishkeit with Kesser and Das and a Yiddishkeit without Kesser and Das. A Yiddishkeit that's alive, that's able to combat Haman, or a Yiddishkeit that's dead and that's asleep, that is, is, that is a prey for Haman, which is what? Is it a piece of you, or is it your whole thing? See, if the, if the Luchas are etched through and through, through and through means with your entirety. It means with your rotsen, with your das, it means besimcha. And that, that's what the, sim, the symbolism is with the luchas being etched through. It's not just a piece. Like, the rock is you. You know what I mean? And so where is the Torah in your life? Okay, so it's on the surface. It's etched in a little bit over here. But that's not, that's not going to result in a, in a Yiddishkeit of life. A Yiddishkeit of life is going to be symbolic of luchas that the words are etched through and through, through and through. Every single part of me is engaged in the Indian. And that's exactly what Esther Amalek is telling Mordechai, is that the reason why we're falling prey to Haman is because we've forsaken the Torah that's etched in the luchas through and through. That's exactly what the Indian is. And so our response, again, so our response is to get a Yiddishkeit that's through and through. But how do you do that when, da- when your kesser's messed up? When you're living in Persia and the king can't do whatever he wants. Even the king can't do whatever he wants. The answer is... you. So you do something silly, and you do, and you're and then mela things go backwards, and that's okay. So he says, says if the luchas were not etched through and through, that means that only part of the luchas would be affected by the Torah. Only part of it would be there, would be present. You know, it's like giving the money from your friend. Well, you're not, you're not fully engaged. So that's like the luchas being partially engraved. And that's not befitting of Torah. That's the befitting of a Jew. A Jew in Torah has to be something complete. Something complete. In Marwaka number seven, just to end with this, so Rav Kook, you know, following this idea, Rav Kook says, Kiyam HaTorah, that the way a Jew should fulfill, should keep Torah, is Tzarech Lovayim Hisgabras Koyach HaRuchani, Sheba Oimek Kedushas HaNeshama. Yiddishkeit should really be something that we're keeping because of an overwhelming flow of energy coming from the Neshama. It's like you're, like you're, you're, you're just like compelled to, to keep the Torah, you just, it's overflowing, it's, it's it, it, you know, like a, like a, like a horse uh, running into battle, it's just, it's, you're all in. That the flow of life, it just engulfs you in this instantaneous, overwhelming experience that brings you to Yiddishkeit. That's, what that, that's called Keser and Das being activated, and that's Yiddishkeit that's called the Simcha. Belaya Dragit is not like in this, you know, so this law, to be alive, to be alive. Pieces here, pieces there, to be mamash alive. And again, like I said, that's what was under attack by Purim. And the res- response usually would be, okay, fine, so then just, just fix it. But the chiddush of Purim is that you can fix it by going backwards, by going backwards. And so that's sometimes the etza, you know, when you learn these, these types of things, so it's like overwhelming. I am supposed to like get myself to want. I don't want to want. I don't even want to want. I mean, uh, you want, yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to want. I don't want to want, because if I want, it means I'm going to be having to change my schedule. I don't want to change my schedule. I don't want to want. The answer is, 
go jogging. Go jogging, you feel good about yourself, you know, or the opposite, let's say you're not a, you don't have an inning with, with exercise, so go have a good meal, the opposite, right? So go eat a, a fat steak or something, and get yourself, that's for, you know, half the room, fine. So you, you know, the, the, not particular half, I'm just saying, the, uh, you know, get yourself feeling good, and the mela, making brachas, because you have to send eating, if you don't eat, make brachas properly, then it's just adding, you know, it's feeding your nefesh of Bahamas. So you have to eat the good meal with the brach rishon of brach with kavana, and then you'll, you'll see that you'll all of a sudden want to go to Davin and want to go learn, and everything will be good. So, oh, by the way, along with that line, so this coming week, like, like every other week, so just mechazik, you know, I forgot to mention in the beginning, we have two minyanin, seven o'clock and eight o'clock, and lemaisa, we want to be able to make sure it starts on time, People saying Kaddish and so on. So if it fits with anyone's schedule, please to be able to be mechazik those, those minyanim. And if you have a hard time doing that, mitzad keser das, and to get the shul, then tell your Yitzhara at 6.30 that uh, you're going jogging. And then just jog the shul. And then we'll be able to have a meeting on time. Okay, shkayach everybody.